Dr. Balaga here. Today's podcast is a part of my God Knowledge Doc podcast aimed at making you, the clinician, a better clinician. You can follow me on Twitter at MD. Today's podcast is on the concept of door to GDMT time and door to maximum dose GDMT time. This presentation will contain data to make a case for the early initiation of therapy from day one of diagnosis of heart failure and the importance of titrating up to maximum dose as soon as possible, even within a month. I hope this terrific podcast will be thought-provoking and make you, the practicing clinician, better serve your patients. The podcast is derived from a a book I edit called Balaga's Textbook Internal Medicine, available at mastermedfacts.com. It's a terrific book with authors from elite institutions. I would like to acknowledge Dr. Muthaya Viduganathan from the Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Medical School, Dr. Greg Fonero, Chief of Cardiology at UCLA, and Dr. Bertram Pitt, Senior Physician at the University of Michigan for sharing me the slides and thoughts which helped me better develop this podcast. In addition, I've uh, used material from the textbooks I've edited with Dr. Bertram Pitt, Dr. Mike Gewertz on the management of heart failure, and Dr. Gary Haas from the, from the Ohio State University, uh, who, who served as the director of the program, from the Color Atlas and Synopsis of Heart Failure, which belongs to a series edited by Dr. Bill Abraham, who uh, was until recently Chief of Cardiology at Ohio State. These books have been translated into Mandarin and Italian. In addition, I served as the editor of Heart Failure Clinics of North America, with Dr. Jim Young from the Cleveland Clinic. And we even had some terrific contributors for the series, including Dr. Braunwald. We all now know the four pillars of therapy for HEFREF. They're ARNIs, beta blockers, mineral corticoid receptor antagonists, and the SGLT2 inhibitors. These four horsemen are here to stay and have made a big difference in improving survival in HEFREF. If you look at the two-year mortality in HEFREF with no therapies as high as 35%, with the addition of ARNI uh, imputed in, uh, instead of uh, ACE inhibitors, there's a 25.2 two-year re- reduction in mortality, and a further 16.4 absolute reduction with the addition of beta blockers, 11.5% reduction with the mineral corticoid receptor antagonists. And once you add SGLT2 inhibitors, the relative risk increase, decreases up to sem- by a further 17%, and the absolute mortality reduces to less than 10%. The cumulative reduction in mortality, if all these evidence-based therapies are used, the relative risk reduction will be nearly 73% and the absolute risk reduction will be 25% and the number needed to treat will be about four patients. This um, slide is thanks to Dr. Greg Fonero from UCLA. 
So we know that there is a significant improvement in mortality with the start of these four horsemen uh, for HEFREF. But today I'm going to make a case that it's important to start early and up titrate to maximum dose within a month. Heart failure has a very bad prognosis. When compared to the US population, patients across all age groups have a markedly lower median survival. In fact, people between the age of 65 and 70 have nearly 13% reduction in their life expectancy. And even in 90-year-olds, which is at the right panel, there is a four-year reduction in mortality, in uh, uh, at least in HEFREF. And this slide is uh, courtesy of Dr. Kevin Shaw and Dr. Greg Fonero from UCLA. What is the early mortality in heart failure? The Framingham Heart Study reported in 2002, there's a 10% reduction at the end, at the first 30 days after diagnosis. And as high as 25% at the end of one year, and as high as 50% mortality over five years of follow-up. It's worse than cancer. And this was reported um, in the New England Journal in 2002. And uh, uh, more recently, uh, uh, Nicole Conrad showed this, there is a standstill in improvement in mortality. And this was reported in JAMA Cardiology 2019 November issue. The mortality is as high as cancer. Rishi Vadera uh, and Robert Ye had shown that one in four patients in the US hospitalized for heart failure die or, or are re-hospitalized re within 30 days of discharge. So the mortality is significant with heart failure. The SOLV study showed that even in asymptomatic patients with reduced left ventricular uh, ejection fraction, the inalapril and the placebo arms separate out as early as three months. Okay, But most of our mortality, as I reported earlier, is in the first month. So it takes about three months with ACE inhibitors. An analysis of the FSS trial found that the timing of epilinone initiation and outcomes in, in post-MI patients with heart failure, the importance of early administration within a week, three to seven days, improved outcomes, whereas the benefit was not observed when epilinone was initiated after a week. This uh, article was authored by Chris Adamopoulos. And the senior authors were Dr. Bertram Pitt and Dr. Fai Zanad of the Ephesus investigators. In the pioneer heart failure, in acute heart failure, Dr. David Morrow and collaborators showed that the composite uh, endpoints of cardiovascular death and rehospitalization of heart failure separated out within two weeks of initiating therapy with RNA and remained, uh, remained efficacious through the eight weeks that was consistent with its established efficacy reported in chronic heart failure. The same investigators in the New England Journal of Medicine showed that there was a greater reduction in NT-pro BNP concentration with RNA, that is, circuitral varsatin, 
then compared to enalapril, as early as the first week. So these drugs kick in early after initiating therapy. In the paradigm heart failure, Milton Packer and others showed that the curves between ARNI and enalapril separated out within 10 days and persisted up to 30 days in the graph reported in circulation. And when they looked at the corresponding levels of anti-proBNP and troponin, they found substantial improvements in anti-proBNP and troponin at uh, four weeks after therapy with ARNI when compared to enalapril. So you can see that the ARNIs uh, have lower anti-proBNP and have lower troponin T at four weeks of time. Other investigators have shown that with initiation of ARNI, plasma aldosterone, plasma endothelin, and plasma and urine uh, anti-proBNP all improve within seven days and are statistically significant within three weeks. So the efficacy of ARNI is within a month. It saves lives. It has favorable uh, neurohormonal effects uh, as soon as therapy is started. Now switching gears to SGLT2 inhibitors, the new kids on the block, so as to speak. When you look at the three trials, the DAPA heart failure, the soloist acute heart failure trial, and the emperor reduced, all of them showed significantly clinically relevant benefits within 28 days of initiation. That is, in, uh, in DAPA heart failure, there was a 49% reduction in events by day 28. In soloist acute heart failure, there was a 39% reduction in events by day 28. In the emperor reduced, the benefit re reached statistical significance as early as 12 days after randomization. And in fact, you can see at day 12, the curve separate out and by th day 34, the curves are nicely separated out and empagliflozin uh, has significant benefits early after therapy is started with SGLT2 inhibitors. Interestingly, with SGLT2 inhibitors, the, the blood pressure response is kind of bimodal. There's a slight increase in blood pressure, in systolic blood pressure, when the baseline blood pressure is less than 110 millimeters of mercury, there was no change when the blood pressure was between 100 and 130 millimeters of mercury systolic, and there was a slight reduction in blood pressure when the baseline blood pressure was above 130 millimeters of mercury, and this is because of the tubular glomerular feedback seen with the SGLT2 inhibitors. And, uh, and you know, a lot of people are nervous about starting blood pressure reducing agents in our HEFREF patients, but the frank starting curve in HEFREF is flat compared to the normal steep curve, and there's, there is small reduction in blood pressure even with the other blood pressure reducing GDMT. But with, SG, but, but with SGLT2 inhibitors, 
there's actually a slight increase in blood in systolic blood pressure when the blood pressure baseline blood pressure is soft. In there was there was similar findings in the Copernicus trial with carbidolol in patients with pretreatment systolic blood pressure of 85 to 95. There was no evidence of any initial decline. In fact, there was a slight increase in, the, in systolic blood pressure after carbidolol was initiated. But in all comers, there was a fall in blood pressure. So when the blood pressure baseline blood pressure is higher, there's a fall with carbidolol. But when the blood pressure is soft, there is actually an increase in blood pressure with carbidolol. And again, in my opinion, just like SGLT2 inhibitors, the alpha-1 blocking properties of carbidolol has a beneficial effect on tubular glomerular feedback. So when the baseline blood pressure is soft, the blood pressure actually goes up with these uh, group of agents. When the blood pressure, when the baseline blood pressure is high, they actually reduce the blood pressure, and the tubular glomerular feedback is pro is probably the main mechanism by how this happens. Milton Packer and John McMurray have recommended to start B proposed to start beta blockers and SGLT2 inhibitors right off the bat, and then start RNA and then start mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists. They argued for beta blockers because beta blockers save lives by reducing sudden death. But I will also argue that if you start carvedilol and SGLT2 inhibitors, even when the blood pressure is soft, if anything there'll be a slight increase in blood pressure depending on the trial data. And this will allow you to, to initiate RNA and mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists. Dr. Greg Fonero um, proposes that low dose of all the four GDMTs, that is RNA beta blockers, mineralocorticoid receptor, receptor antagonists, and SGLT2 inhibitors are uh, started right off the bat on the very first day. The good news is with SGLT2 inhibitors, the maximum dose, that is 10 mg of tapagliflozin or 10 mg of empagliflozin, um, can be started on the first day and there's no need for titration. For beta blockers, uh, I like to go up on the dose when they're dry. So start low and go slow. With RNAs and uh, mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists, one has to be careful when they're too dry so, so that they don't get azotemic. Dr. Fonero argues the advantage of simultaneous initiation of GDMT decreases the risk of hyperkalemia, which may favor less discontinuation of mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists. In fact, starting RNA instead of ACE inhibitors, there'll be less hyperkalemia. Similarly, the use of SGLT2 inhibitors may decrease the risk of hyperkalemia. Further, furthermore, SGLT2 inhibitor therapy may slow the progression of kidney dysfunction, as shown in DAPA-CKD, which may enable persistence of RNA and MRA therapy. Now, let us switch gears to the mode of death and heart failure. This is from the Bennett-CHF study. In NYHA class 2 and NYHA class 3 heart failure, sudden death is the main reason for, heart, for, de for death and heart failure. In, in NYHA class 4, however, it's all pump dysfunction 
And then sudden death is the second um, second important cause for death in NYHA class 4. But in NYHA class 2 and class 3, sudden death is the reason for mortality. Even in patients who are completely asymptomatic with left ventricular systolic dysfunction, the mortality is higher and 40% uh, of the, these are attributed to coronary artery disease, uh, of which 43% die of sudden death. In the Merit Heart Failure Trial, beta blockers help by improving sudden death, total cardiovascular mortality, and also death from pump failure, and even total mortality was reduced. In the Ephesus study, epilirone reduced sudden death by 21%. And in the paradigm heart failure, there was a 20% reduction in sudden death and a 21% reduction in uh, heart failure death or due to pump dysfunction. So the there was 20% reduction in sudden death with um, ARNI and 21% reduction in pump failure death and in the uh, with DAPA there were SGLT2 inhibitors again there was a there was a separation of the curves at 270 days with dapagliflozin and the SGLT2 inhibitors also decrease ventricular arrhythmias resuscitated cardiac arrest or sudden death in the DAPA heart failure study I want to thank, uh, thank Dr. Muttaya for uh, giving me this slide. So, when you look at all, when you look at all-cause mortality, more and more people are dying. But remember, our medications are improving both sudden death, that is reducing the burden of sudden death and pump uh, death due to pump function. In fact, more and more in our practice, we are we are seeing with the uh, utilization of GDMT. Uh, patients are presenting with ventricular arrhythmias rather than pump failure and very often we have to do cervical sympathectomy to reduce it. The mortality remains high despite the four pillars of GDMT. It's a, as high as 10%. So something to keep in mind there's a lot of room for improvement in, reduce, in improving survival in our patients with heart failure. In fact, I would argue that the best way we could get the, since we can start therapy early in hospital, but it is important to get to maximum dose within a within a month, since most mortality occurs within a month. Uh, I would recommend a pharmacist-driven GDMT clinic. The main barrier for early adoption of all four therapies is cost, and but it's very important to take home the, the point that to start GDMT right off the bat, particularly I would argue beta blockers and SGLT2 uh, inhibitors, and even roll in a low dose of um, ARDNI if, if the blood pressure is not soft. And uh, Dr. Vadunathan and others have shown that uh, uh, when compared to ACE inhibitors and beta blockers, switching to ARNI, starting an MRA and starting SGLT2 inhibitors 
extends a patient's life by 6.3 years. So overall, these four drugs are great in increasing life, but we need to also capture the mortality in the first month. And I would argue that starting these medications right off the bat, we may save more lives. Dr. Greg Fonero argues that simultaneous or rapid sequence initiation of these four pillars of GDMT, there will be rapid reduction in heart failure hospitalizations, rapid re reduction in rehospitalization for heart failure, rapid reduction in mortality, improved use of uh, adherence, persistence, and overcoming inertia of up titrating therapies, improved health status, and improvement in LV ejection fraction. So I would argue, given that many, given that ARNIs, SGLT2 inhibitors, and uh, epilirinone all have shown to be efficacious within days to weeks, time is life. So I would argue that we need a metric, a door to GDMT time, and another metric, door to maximum dose GDMT time. Delaying therapy may be fatal, and therefore early therapy is vital. Don't wait for guideline committees and consensus decisions. Go for it. Start therapy as soon as possible, despite barriers. There's a very elegant editorial by Dr. Javid Butler, Dr. Greg Fonero, and Dr. Stephen Green on this, tap, on this simultaneous or rapid sequence initiation of these four pillars for heart failure in, uh, on March 31st uh, of this year uh, in JAMA Cardiology. And this is particularly important in those patients with an elevated BNP. In fact, the key takeaway from today's talk is door to GDMT time and door to max dose GDMT time. In fact, my, the, uh, the, I would argue door to early GDMT therapy in LV dysfunction is vital. Being tardy may be deadly and fatal. Early to start and early to max dose GDMT therapy is the key, particularly in those with an, ele an elevated BNP. This will save lives much more than many. Hot off the press today, November 8th, 2021, is a very elegant Jack Review topic of the week in the American College of Cardiology Journal, co-authored by Dr. Vishal Rao from Duke and co-authors, in where they argue for the in-hospital initiation of SGLT2 inhibitor therapy in HEFREF patients. They argue approximately one in four patients hospitalized for worsening HEFREF die or are readmitted within 30 days after discharge. The benefits of SGLT2 inhibitor therapy on the risk of mortality and hospitalizations in HEFREF, HEFREF patients accrue within days to weeks after initiating therapy. The safety the tolerability and early clinical benefit make SGLT2 inhibitor therapy appropriate for in-hospital initiation in patients with HEFREF. This is an outstanding 
review. I encourage everyone to read it. If you agree with me, follow me on Twitter and answer my poll. Yes, you you agree. Early initiation is important for GDMT. No, it's not. Maybe. But it, or the fourth option is maybe insurance companies. I look forward to hearing your responses on Twitter.